definition. Picture a rope. Can you picture a rope in your mind? I wish I had one here. I'd I'd show you my example, but a rope is is intertwined. Is it not? Strands intertwined together. And that's what weight means in the Hebrew. You're so intertwined on the one you're waiting for. In other words, you're just wrapped around God when you're waiting for God. Amen? And that's that's part of what waiting on God is, is, is taking the time just to fellowship with Him and be with Him. Amen? Look in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. One thing that, that uh, I wanted to share... A couple of years ago, I saw up here the the word rejoice, and so I asked our sign guy Marv Renner and and uh, to do something, and and uh, he called Kathy and I into his office last week or this week, and we went in, and he says Mary Beth and I want to do this for free, and I mean you're talking probably if. $1,500 sign, and and it, it'll be beautiful. And they say, we're blessed. What? And we have to wait for it. Yeah, that's all right. I want to continue along the lines of fellowship because I told you, and I've, I, I go over, and sometimes I used to feel, oh, not guilty is not the word, but I, I, I go over and over and over and over things. And I, and I got to thinking when I went to Bible school, Dr. Hagen used to tell the stories over and over and over and over. And that's why we do it by repetition. That's how you get it. Going over and over and over. So we said it's the believer's personal responsibility to discover, learn, appreciate, and appropriate his or her spiritual inheritance in Christ. In order for you and I to experience all the blessings and benefits of our spiritual inheritance, it's important that we understand two important subjects concerning, you know, redemption. And the first is relationship, and the second is fellowship. So we're going to continue along the lines of fellowship and delve into this a little more. But here's some of the questions that we want to ask ourselves. How is fellowship defined? Who are we called to fellowship with? What constitutes broken fellowship? How is fellowship with God restored? And what are the benefits of fellowship? So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Say, I've been called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So you and I are called into fellowship with Jesus, but we're called into fellowship with the Word. Every day, you and I have the responsibility, the personal responsibility to get into the Word. And I realize some days you're busy and Maybe you can't devote your, uh, uh, that much time, but every day you have to develop some consistency 
in, in your spiritual relationship with God, and that's part of fellowshipping. And so what I have learned, and I've been pretty good at it, and I've been doing this for quite a while, I pray every day. But then I, then I sit down and I shut up. And some days it's easier. My, you know, my mind is quiet, and, and I can be still. And, but then there's days, how many of you can relate to that? Your mind is just going 100 miles an hour. That's why it's important to start your, your fellowship with God with worship and, 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 and praying in the Spirit and, and then get still and, and learn to listen. And, you know, nine times out of ten, I, I don't have a, a burning bush experience like Moses, but you can't be sensitive to the promptings of the Spirit of God if you're always thinking. And your mind is going 100 miles an hour. You can't be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit if you're constantly doing something. Now, some of you maybe aren't that way. You're, you're, you don't, you're not a busy type person. Um, but I, I'm always geared towards doing something. I don't believe in being lazy. And I've told you this through the years. Maybe that's why I don't have a large church. If you're lazy, you will not feel welcome here. You will not be comfortable here because we expect you to do something. And it's no different with God. God expects us to do something. Faith is an action. It's doing what the Word of God says. Amen? So we're going to go back over this. I'll give you some definitions. And this is E.W. Kenyon's definition, and I, I, I really like it. He says this. It says, it is the sweet communion between your spirit and the Father. See, he's the Father of spirits. Spirit to spirit. That's why many times you don't need to say anything. You can lift your hands and worship from your spirit. You don't have to say words. Spirit to the Father of spirits. It is the glad richness that comes through the unveiling of the Word to your spirit. That's what fellowship is. The richer the fellowship... Now, I want you to listen to this one. The richer the fellowship, the deeper one gets into the Word. So, if you and I want to have real rich fellowship with God the Father... What do we need to do? We need to spend more time in the Word. Delve into the Word. He says, we have found that sonship without fellowship would neither satisfy the heart of the Father nor the heart of His child. Let me say it again. We have found that sonship without fellowship would neither satisfy the heart of the Father nor the Heart of his child. Now, how many of you parents like to spend time with your kids? I know sometimes you don't. But spending time with your kids. Yesterday, Mike and I, you know, Mike is, Mike is like his dad. He's, he's not one to sit around. He's going to be doing something. And in fact, the other day he says, I'm not doing anything. And I kind of feel guilty. And we said, that's all right. You need you work all week, you know. You work for a slave driver, you've got to take time to rest. But sp- spending time with your kids, 
So yesterday, he, we got this new blind to put up, Cabell's blind. And so I went out in the garage, and I thought, I'm going to set this thing up. It's one of those pop-up things. And I had it so screwed up, I couldn't get it to unpop, and I'm yanking on it, trying to... And I'm getting frustrated. And I figure I, I didn't even want to go in because I know his patience level. I, thought, I don't know if I really want to have him come out here. But I did. I said, Mike, I need help. So he comes out here. And we're, we're and you could have heard the grumbling. And the, we're trying to pull this thing apart. And, and <laughs> finally we got it. Well, you know, we want to get it put back. And so when we go out in the field, we're not out there yelling and cussing and screaming and whatever. And we got all done, and I looked at Mike, and I don't even know if he got it or registered with him. I said, did you realize that we didn't even fight? In other words, we didn't get into an argument. We were both pretty upset. But, you know, there were days, man, I, I, I would have yanked that thing brand new or not and ripped the thing to shreds and thrown it in the garbage but I've gotten older, wiser, more sensitive. I think you would have done the same thing, but we got it. But you got to spend time with your, with your family. You know, I can think of better fellowship than doing that. But, but parents, isn't it kind of fun to, to do something special with your kids and, and it's have intimate times with your children or your grandchildren? Amen? Well, God the Father is no different. He likes to spend time with you. He, he longs. I'll never forget um, Jesse Duplantis. And he made a statement years ago how he was in his study and he was just being still and God the Father through the Spirit of God says... I just want to spend some time with you today. God the Father dealt with his heart. Just the Father wanted to spend, wanted to have communion, a time of intimacy with Jesse, his son. And God is no respecter of persons. He is always waiting to spend time with you and I. And that's why we have to, people, in the days ahead, if you have trouble winding down and being, then you're going to have to learn how to wait. Just like I've had to learn how to be still, how to get quiet before God. That's Fellowship just isn't verbalizing things. It's, it's being still. It's being quiet. It's, it's just spending time in God's presence. See, I look back, I had good parents. You know, dad was in World War II and raised by the greatest generation. Knew how to work, knew how to serve. And I was, I was, the devil robbed me of my father when I was 21 years old. I woke up and he was dead in bed. And I think how I was robbed of that fellowship with my father. And my dad was a good man. He was a businessman. He had, you know, he, 
he had issues, but he always took time to spend time with his family. I can remember instances, and I, I've told you this story, and it's, it's, we've all got stories we remember of our parents, but I can remember vividly on an autumn day, and my birthday was in October, and I can remember the leaves coming down, and my school, elementary school, was just less than a block away, and I'm coming home, and I come down the street, and I smell smoke, and there was my father in the backyard preparing a pit for, for a weenie roast so I could have a party that night. He had taken some time off from work to do that. Those are things, and I can remember the things that my parents did for me. They, yeah, they were busy. They did the best they could. But it's so important that, that you know, families fellowship with each other. And, and some of you are good at it. Some of you grew up with dysfunctional families. You didn't really have that. Well, you know, that's what church is all about. you got to learn how to, to fellowship. In the days ahead, there'll be people that are coming from such dysfunctional backgrounds that have never been loved that don't know how to fellowship because they never had a natural father who who cared or a mother. You need to thank God if you were raised by parents that made at least a half-hearted effort, you were blessed. Amen? Amen? Fellowship must be based upon absolutely sure grounds so the child may know that he can go into the Father's presence with the same freedom that your child enters your presence. You know, you want your kids to be comfortable and come before you and not be afraid to talk to you or say, I've got an issue or I've got a problem, don't you? And the Father in heaven, he's the same way and... and <laughs> We're so, we're, we're just, we're weird, some of us. We don't feel we can go to God and say, I've got a problem. I've got a fear. I've got a concern. I've got an ailment. I've got a financial situation. But the, the, the ears of the Father are open to the cry of the righteous. You can talk to God and tell Him and pour out your heart Whatever is on your heart, he's there to listen. Because he loves you with an everlasting love, his mercy is the God of mercy. There's sometimes we think we gotta do, we've gotta do this and we've gotta do that. And yes, faith is an action and sometimes we need to just lean on his mercy that's new every day. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of compassion. He's slow to anger. He's a good God, a loving heavenly Father. He loves you. He knows you came from a dysfunctional background. He knows you have issues, but He loves you with an unconditional love. You don't have to earn it. I'm so glad my Father loves me. I'm so glad I have parents. I was thinking today, can you imagine what it's going to be like in heaven? 
you need to think about that. I, I think about my family that, that has gone on, you know, and, and, and pastors and friends and, and people that I had great fellowship with. You know, I'm going to see them again. And we're going to fellowship for all eternity. You'll probably have to listen to me preach up there. Think about it. Well, we got to learn how to fellowship down here too. And it's not, yeah, donuts are great. <laughs> but there's, and that's part of it. But, you know, the greatest thing is just fellowshipping with God. Now, look at Acts chapter 2. I just want your heart to be stirred to spend time with God, to seek the Father's face, to, to get real, talk to Him, pour out your heart before Him. He's listening to you. He's got an answer for you. The, uh, the word in the Greek for fellowship is koinonia. And here we see this in Acts chapter 2. This is after the outpouring of the Spirit of God and the church is beginning to grow. And it says in verse 40 of chapter 2, it says, With many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Well, is there a perverse generation today? Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now, it says, that what? What's it say? That what? What's the word after that? Day. One day, 3,000 souls came into the kingdom. We, we fail to recognize and discern how sudden God can move. He can move just like that. Yeah, there's a time of waiting and preparing, and thank God we know in God's mercy that's important. But I'm telling you, there are sometimes God just shows up on the scene. Well, 3,000 people were added, it says, to the kingdom. And they continued. Everyone say continued. So you've got to continue in the things of God. You want God? You've got to continue in fellowship. You've got to continue in the Word. You have to continue in worship. You have to continue to sow your finances. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine or teaching. And what? fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. It says, then fear came upon every soul. Well, when did fear come upon the world, the world people of the world then? It says, they continued steadfastly in the doctrine of the, the apostles' fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. There were th some things that set all of this up for God to move. It says, fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were what? Together. And had all things in common. 
and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. That's God. You don't see that a lot in the church today. What if God asked you to sell something or give something away that was dear to your heart? You'd find out real quick where you were at. Book I'm reading, I just read it and finished it. These people, these missionaries, these intercessors, they would give stuff away. Unbelievable. Up to half their income. What if God asked you to give up half your income and live on a half and give the rest away? (laughs) Awful quiet. Let's go on to something else, Pastor. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. You want favor? Well, then read verse 40 through 46. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. A lot of supernatural things happened. And this is the early church. And and we're the church. We should have matured since the early church. But I'll tell you what, the church today needs to get back to some simple things just like this. And one of the most important things is fellowship. Say it, fellowship. This word koinonia means something that is mutually shared. Everyone say the word share. See, if you and I can't share, if you and I can't be generous, then we're not going to have fellowship. Fellowship is sharing. And if you have trouble trouble sharing, you've got a problem. That's part of fellowship. You have to share, not just, not money, but... Part of this fellowship and sharing is being able to sit down and listen to someone tell you something without you having to tell them something. Now I'm stepping on toes. If you have to be the one that has to tell people about yourself all the time, you've got a problem and you're not going to have Fellowship with other people. How many of you know? You don't need to raise your hand because I know you all of us do. Know people. You, you, you just hate to run into them because how are you? Then two hours later, you're still listening to how they are and what they're doing and their kids and their grandkids and how much money they're making and on and on and on. That years ago, I'll never forget. I had a minister, another minister in town. <coughs> and first thing he said, first thing he'd say, he'd say, how many are you running? Not how are you, Pastor Mike, but how many are in your church? Now, he's no longer here. Amen. Learn to open your heart to other people and what they're dealing with every day. 
I told Kathy, there's a gal that makes the donuts at Casey's. And I can tell she comes, it's had a, a kind of a rough life. And they see me every day. I don't get personal with people. I'm very careful getting personal with people, and especially the opposite sex. And, you know, and she'll wave at me. And, well, I went to order donuts, and she said, how are you doing, homie? And I thought, wow. <laughs> the woman's my age, and I'm her homie? What's that mean? And and I noticed, I, I'm very careful, but I t- came home and told her, I says, I'm going to have to be careful, you know, opening up and being too nice to especially people of the opposite sex. I mean, I granted I'm losing my hair, but I'm not a, I'm not a schmuck. And this is what Kat, I went home and told her, I said, I got to be careful I'm getting too friendly with people. And I'm, I'm innocent about it. And she said, you know, Mike, there are some people out there that don't get, that people don't care about them. They don't take time to talk to them. They can't smile to them. They can't say please and thank you. you they, don't, they don't hear you're doing a great job. And I've, to, I've told her, I said, how well I like her. Well, she knows I like the donuts. Because there's people out there in the world, they, they, they don't get the love, the unconditional love. So every day, and I've started, I was reading another book, and this man and his wife prayed this every day. Dr. Hagen would pray it. God, use me this day to be a blessing to someone. Let that be your heart's cry when you wake up in the morning. God, use me. Help me to be a blessing to someone. And, and then be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Fellowship is something that is mutually shared. It's partnership. It's participation. It's communion. It's brotherhood. It's unity. The definition in in my uh, book, it says, Koinonia is a unity brought about by the Holy Spirit. So fellowship, true fellowship, with God the Father and with others, is brought about by who? The Holy Spirit. And if you and I don't know the Holy Spirit, how are we going to learn how to fellowship effectively with one another? It's the Holy Spirit that brings about this fellowship or koinonia. In koinonia, the individual shares in common an intimate bond of fellowship with the rest, rest of Christian society. Koinonia cements the believer to the Lord Jesus and to each other. And I really believe that's what's going on now, is the Spirit of God is be, beginning to do a work in our hearts, cementing our hearts to God the Father and to the Lord Jesus and to each other. Amen? Look at John 17. I'm almost, I'll quit here in a minute. 
I, I, I'm telling you, and I was, Timothy Scott was telling me, standing here this morning, he just, he knows God is doing something. God is doing something. God is up, the Spirit of God is up to something. This is the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17. He prayed not only for his apostles at that point in his church history, but for those believers that would believe on him in generations to come. He says in verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be what? One. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. Notice how many times that word's repeated, one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. That was his prayer for spiritual unity. And that's what the church is going to have to wake up and realize. We need to be one. One with, with the, the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we need, we need to learn how to be one with each other. Amen? Boy, there's so much to give you. I just, I just hope your heart is stirred all unhooked there. Um, to spend time in fellowship with Him. Spend time in fellowship with Him. You know, one of the things that I desire is to, is to help people and inspire people and to encourage people. And, and I know there are people coming. Though your beginning was small, the Bible says your latter end will increase abundantly. But why should God the Father send people here to this church if you don't care about fellowship with Him or with each other? Why should God the Father grow this church and bring increase to this church if you don't care about other people? He'll send them somewhere else where they care. He'll send them somewhere else where people will take the time to ask them how they are, even though they might have to endure 15 minutes of listening to them. God's a God of increase. And God the Father right now, by the Spirit of God, is preparing your heart for the days ahead. And a lot of us are going to have to make some changes in our heart's attitude. A lot of us are going to have to give up some of self. Everyone say self. Selfish desires, selfish needs, wants. We've got to get our eyes. Let's stand up. We've got to get our eyes on 
the world. We got to get our eyes on our neighbor. Amen. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, make koinonia fellowship real to the people of Harvest Church, that they understand what true fellowship is all about. It's sharing with one another, giving to one another, spending time with you and one another. Lord, we're all works in progress. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for continuing to do a deep work in all of our spiritual root life, that our spiritual roots will even go down deeper into Jesus and the living Word of God. Open our eyes to see the worlds and the people that are in need this new week. And help us, Lord, by your Spirit, reach out and give them encouragement. Give them a, an encouraging word and be a blessing to others. I pray, Lord, that everyone that hears this today will take time and spend more time in intimate fellowship and communion with you. Thank you, Father, for revealing yourself to the people of Harvest Church in this new week. In Jesus' name, amen. Anyone here today, before we go and dismiss, need prayer for your physical body? Amen. Anything else I need to say? Pastor Brad, you got anything to say? Well, look at your neighbor and say, have fellowship with the Father this week. Say that. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Are there donuts left?